Well, it's a little different today. I, we have a guest co-host, Edward. Um, why don't you just tell us who you are? Uh, my name is Edward Carrick, and I have, I'm a friend of Clark's. I've known him for about 25 years, close to that. We met actually doing extra work for the opera that's right in yeah. actually 1995 so somebody who's good at math can figure it out that's when we met we've been good really really good friends since then and you live in toronto right downtown right downtown next door to the st lawrence market yeah. being here for 26 years i do like it unfortunately my space is too small although i had recently guests here from new york city yeah, I have guests here from New York City, and they thought this was a luxury-sized apartment compared to what, like, I don't know what Joe and what's-his-face are renting, but these guys have a really small place in Chelsea, I believe. And just so you know, you need to be about where you are there for the audio to pick up properly. Okay. Yeah, so that the distance you are would be perfect. Um, so, yes, we're recording in Ed's condo. Simon is not available today. So you've listened to our show. You know I the have, show. Yes. What do you like about our show? Well, I think it's interesting that you're taking the time to put things, you know, I mean, this is kind of almost a permanent documentary in a different way than film or video or anything like that would be. I think it's interesting and podcasts are so popular right now. The problem is this content, like people have to be interested. Well, exactly. And, um, you know, there's some people that think listening to two guys yammer on about different topics is boring yeah, but, but you have to have me oh yes well that's why we have you for this yes. one so the usual way we do this is we we grab a few topics and we just talk about them yes and so i selected a couple here and, and feel free to add any that you want to bring up but um the first one i was wanted to talk about was yesterday when i was walking down the street i had this weird feeling of i'm really glad i'm not famous it was like a reverse of the usual. What would it be like to be famous, having all these people like coming up to you? Like I was, what it was is I saw someone with a, a camera, like a cell phone. It looked like they were taking a picture of me when I was walking down the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, these guys who are like celebrities or an athlete or whatever are constantly dealing with people coming up and just probably taking photos without permission. They're always getting stared at. And I had this weird feeling that I'm glad I'm not famous. Yeah, I would feel the same. I'm, I don't have any um, need. I mean, I work part-time as an actor, and, and that's not really any kind of fame or anything like that. That gives me enough recognition that people see me or know what I'm all about. But in terms of being like a big celebrity, a political or actor, you know, Hollywood actor, no thanks. Yeah, no, it's it's grueling, but that's the price of that's the price of that. Like you I know, know, although there are certain cities where celebrities are famously left alone, like New York. Yeah, well, there's so many people, and people are sort of almost numb to it. I think the people that bother celebrities in New York are probably like Me? tourists. Yeah. yeah, like yourself. Yeah, which actually brings up another a topic that the I was stalker. Just, thing? Yeah, so I think with the advent of social media over the last 10, 15 years guys like yourself are able to access people that you wouldn't have been able to access before, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a few people and, and you don't well, need to I name like, names, but just no, I don't mind. there are some people that you follow and, and connect with and it's purely because of social media that you're able to get access to these yes, people. Yes, and yes, well, I mean, bizarrely enough, the mo not that he's really, really famous, but, you know, yeah, I have connected with some people. I mean, a fan of 
ballet and I do talk to a lot of dancers, although generally dancers are not very, very social with other people other than other dancers. Um, but um, I like, um, for example, my favorite story is how social media changed something. Well, actually, it's not really social media. Or is it? Yeah. Was a couple of years ago, I'm a real big fan of actually this production that runs in San Francisco called Beach Blanket Babylon. And I went yeah, to the I've show been. for, yeah, you've been, actually. It's, I've seen it like, oh God, probably about 20 times. Okay. Now you're an amateur at this and we're going to work on it, but you uh-huh. have to make sure you're speaking into okay. the mic. We got it. Not that close, but okay. just yeah, every it. time you turn your head, you're out of the... Okay. Got it. So, um, anyways, I, Beach uh, Blanket Babylon. Babylon, which is closing, but unfortunately, after I think almost fifty years, at the end of this year. Anyways, um, my friend John, who lives in San Francisco, at one point basically said to me, um, "You know, I was sitting reading some San Francisco magazine, and I had heard of Beach Blanket Babylon, and I always thought it was kind of like Second City or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it was not something I was interested in, and I just said, you know, I keep seeing ads for this, and John was just beside himself, beside himself with the fact that I had not seen that show and been coming to San Francisco since 1996. So he actually bought us tickets that evening, and I mean, I was so shocked with the quality, and I enjoyed it so much, I was unable to speak. For me, you know that is rare. And I particularly like one guy in the show, so I ended up sending him an email on Facebook and um, just saying I really enjoyed you and nur, 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 nur. And he had said to me, um, oh, well, you know what? Why don't you guys come? We're on the Pride because they have a float in the Pride Parade in San Francisco. The show does. And we missed it because the Pride Parade is at 1030 in the morning, which is bizarre because I don't think any gay person in the world is up at 1030 in the morning. But whatever. Uh, so we went and we didn't actually end up seeing them but then all of a sudden this little skinny guy walks up to me with no shirt on and a backpack and he goes and there you have to understand there are over two million people in San Francisco on pride and that's addition to who lives there Mm. okay so it's hopping it's the equivalent of the population of Toronto in San Francisco on Mm -hmm. pride Mm -hmm. all of a sudden this little skinny guy with no shirt on walks up to me and goes Ed I'm like yes and he goes I'm Kirk from the show and like what are the chances, you know, finding me in two million people? Anyways, we've been best best buddies. We don't like get to see him maybe once a year. He's been here. Yeah. Um, so that's my brush with celebrities, I guess. Um, I don't know. Would would anyone? My, my partner calls me a stalker, which is fine. I was going to ask you. Would um, anyone consider you to be almost like a little over the top? Well, with... fuck no. Well, no. Like I mean, I'm a fan. Like I love ballet, and I go to the National Ballet, and you know, and I do like get autographs and photos and stuff like that. So you do kind of um, go a little over the top, I think. Yeah, it could be, and maybe yeah. embarrass the people that you're with. Not John. Like John, basically, there was one time we were waiting for one particular singer, and she walked out of the um, the stage door, and she walked right over to us and she goes I know you're waiting for me and I'm like going yeah how'd you know that she goes you just looked like you were waiting for me anyways and I'm like she knows that look yeah she knows that this is something that she's seen before I would imagine yeah these that look it's like a dog when you know opera fans bite you in Europe they're crazed but then again like look at what happened what would happen in Japan with baseball players Uh, would there be like a public uproar if they're in public you mean like would it cause a, a, a lot of attention? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think people can kind of exist in Japan, probably like you were saying earlier about how some cities people get left alone. I would suspect that 
especially if you were not like if you were like a Japanese celebrity, mm-hmm. I really shouldn't say I really don't have any expertise like on this the, but the, i think they're just a lot more subtle about their celebrity yeah I unless could, it's like a j-pop because i don't speak japanese and i'm not watching japanese television ever i don't know about a lot of things like that that drag queen that sells everything like toothpaste and what's her name Mumu or something and i took a picture of her and a japanese friend said oh you know that's like the most famous drag queen in all of japan mm. like she advertises everything from toothpaste to like dildos to like you name it so and she's on everything. Have you not seen her? I is she's that the one big. with the cropped hair or no no it looks like a woman sort of but like it's definitely a man. Okay, we'll have to find the link to this and, put and it I in forget the her name. She's huge. She's like famous yeah, in Japan. You should find out what her name is. Mumu or something. <laughs> Mumu. <laughs> so anyway, I'm glad I'm not famous because I just think that I think it was Michael Jordan said he would give all his money back if it meant he could be not famous anymore because he can't go anywhere without being harassed or having people you know staring at him and i think there's something to be said in the reverse of being famous which is just being like us Correct, regular people but i do have a comment on the famous thing though like yeah. if someone were to say that to me directly like oh boohoo like I, I would just say boohoo you're famous Why? i'll take the money yeah <laughs> and the harassment Fears as a child, another topic I wanted to talk about. Things that you grew up being afraid of. Hmm. Any that come to mind? Yes. Like what? Um, my parents were elderly, older, so I was always worried they were going to drop dead on me when I was really young. Mm. TV shows that my parents allowed me to watch. Hold that on. Happened. Did you know, did you sense they were a lot older? Oh, God, yeah. Than like your oh, friend's parents? Oh, yeah. And My what, mother was 45 when she had me for crying out yeah. loud. So what, nuts. When did you first pick up this vibe? How old would you have been? A toddler. A toddler, and you real so you you kind of looked around at your friends' oh, friends it, and yeah. saw your parents and said, "Whoa, they kind of more look like my grandparents." Yeah, or, totally. Yeah, so I guess at ten years old, mom would have been fifty-five. Yeah, but my mom looked young, but still, like, yeah, yeah, it, it was obvious. So you were afraid they would they were going to die, kind of before everyone else's parents. Correct. Yeah, I could see that being a, a definite fear for me. One of my fears was because my father smoked. I was I was always so worried that you know because in school we were getting educated on you know the the what smoking can do and and you know imagine this you spend all of this time in a class being taught basically what your father is doing will kill him and it's almost this like strange guilt or not guilt but this it's like you're there you can't control what your parents are doing and obviously they're trying to teach the kids not to take up smoking or drugs or whatever but then when you see your father doing exactly what they've been talking about is going to eventually kill them it's very alarming or or it provided a lot of anxiety for me yeah i I mean neither of my parents smoked my father basically just drank a little tiny bit my Mm -hmm. mother doesn't my mother never drank so I didn't have that one, but I did definitely have concerns about my parents, even though I had a large family. Yeah. Um, well, not a large, like an extended family. Um, the other thing was, like I said, my parents were pretty open with the TV. And in the 70s, they started putting some really scary shit on TV, like Roots and Holocaust and all those miniseries that mm. I saw when I was probably like 10, maybe, yeah. you know, or maybe even younger. And they, oh, the Omega Man. I could not get over that movie 
for weeks I would not sleep in my own bed. Mega Man? The, the Omega Man. Oh, with the Charl- Omega Man. With Charlton Heston. Mm. It's it's. I watched it recently. It still packs a punch. Omega Man, it was scary. Why? Because it was post-apocalyptic? Oh, God. It was just Charlton Heston driving around deserted Los Angeles right. with a shotgun. And all of the people who had survived the apocalypse were these like zombies yeah but it was really it, it was not done with like it was and they tried to keep getting at him right and then he finds another survivor yeah a woman and she hasn't been like it's a blood thing it's Omega a man it's a blood thing that they get the something in their blood and they become like their eyes go all funny and then she gets it and then he ends up killing himself or i forget what he does just before a bunch of hippies show up with an antidote it's really a weird film, hmm. and it's got weird music too. We should play. I'll put some music on. Yeah, it's breaking copyright. Yeah, it's very but strange music. film. Yeah, that scared the shit on me. Like absolute. You know, I was terrified. So kind of on that same same tone is my fear was the Cold War and that Russia was going to send nuclear missiles over to yeah to us. That wasn't really my issue at the. I'm more worried about that right now. Someone planting something in the Sea of Japan from that weirdo up in Korea. <laughs> like I mean, that's I'd be. Cons- Didn't he just do another one? Um, you know what? I haven't heard. Well, he's there's start- been a little bit more saber rattling, but I don't think he's actually shot anything out out there recently. Oh fuck. Like, I don't get that. But anyways. I know, it's scary. And even China's got problems, right? Just going back to the fear thing for a sec. So, yeah, the Cold War and the mis- the mysteriousness and I think the lack of control. Not that you would have control as a parent necessarily, but I think when you're a kid, you have you don't have, you don't have zero control, right? So you, you're totally at the mercy of your parents protecting you. You're totally at the mercy of someone not doing something crazy like shooting a nuclear missile. And I think the only reassurance I really got from my parents was neither side wants a war because as soon as one sends a missile, the other sends a missile. But I still felt that was kind of cold comfort. Mm-hmm. Did you watch The Day After in 1983? Yeah, that's... that's I, I watched it once in a blue moon o- over again and to see, like, has it aged? And it really hasn't. It's very creepy. That's well, well done. That was it's early well, 80s? And, you no, know, 83. And then the next year, 84, the British version, which is called Threads, hmm. came out. Now, that's much, much more sinister. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that one very much. The day after, I found these movies, although that was made in the 80s, a lot of movies that were made in the 70s, and I'll call it early 80s, mm-hmm. definitely had this edge to them of like scariness mm-hmm. that you can't recreate it like where have all the people gone have you seen that well i was going to say that or movies where that is the case where it is like post-apocalyptic correct that it's creepy as hell it is like the the, 70s had this edge to it that they could make it shine in the movie somehow yeah loneliness darkness well that's another one that's pretty creepy everyone was disintegrating and then if a lot of people who were survivors were in caves so that's a good one. I'm trying to think of one other one that um, I really in, enjoyed. But yeah, creepy movies. Oh, Drowning. Drowning? Yeah. 
my mum. What was that about? Well, just a big fear. Like oh, you. For, oh, like not a movie. It's a fear you had. Yeah. yeah was, well, my mother dropped me off the boat accidentally when I was a, like a like a, a baby. She dropped me into the water, and I don't know if that had anything to do with it. And then one time I fell into the water. Dropped without, you in the water like from the boat. Accident? She was holding me, and I and she like, dropped me in the water. Oh dear. Yeah, I was like, it was like not even. I think I was a month old. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they're not here to cook, you know, to qualify these things anymore. But my mother would remember that. And then one time I fell in the water without my parents noticing. And then they had to pick me out. My father picked me out like by a shoe, like my foot or something. Mm. So I've had a fear of water, fear of a bizarre fear, which I've never been able to figure out. And nobody can help me with it is I hate because we live in the Canadian Shield. This is a bizarre fear. Because we live in the Canadian Shield, we have a lot of beautiful rocks up north where mm-hmm. our cottage country mm-hmm. is. And one of the things that scares me is if you're in a boat and you go through a narrows where you can see all the creepy rocks under the water, Mm. I can't deal with it. Oh, really? You mean like through the water you see rocks below and that's freaky? Why why does that scare you? I don't know. Are you afraid the rocks are going to hit the bottom of the boat? I don't know. But I just can't. There's like, for example, my parents' cottage, there was a a shoal off their bay, um, which was kind of like a double drop. And I would always look the other way when the boat went by and things, when we went by mm. and I hated it. I can't, I still wouldn't be able to do it. Surprisingly enough on Georgian Bay, I'm okay with it because there's so much of it mm. and I'm not driving the boat. Mm. Are you afraid of bridges? Not as much as I used to be. Like walking over bridges? I was. I mean, I went to San Francisco in 1996. I didn't get over the Golden Gate Bridge till nine, 2004. I had several failed attempts at the first pylon. Mm-hmm. I just said, that's it. I'm out of here. I, I remember as a kid, somebody telling me that they saw a horror movie where a woman is swimming in a pool and somebody pushes some button that makes the cover go over the pool okay. and traps the person inside and they drown. And I wondered always, what was that movie? And then I stumbled across it. Like what is it? I was trying to... Some I don't know. I can't remember. But it was... I stumbled across it on some sort of a late night um, talk show or... Um, and not talk show, sorry, late night television where you're flipping channels and there it was. It was weird. Mm-hmm. That's creeped me out. I always thought, I kept looking at pools to see if they had like things that maybe could come out and cover it over. And well, it, they, yeah, but you wouldn't drown because it's on top of the water. I think it's glass. This, gla- this was like a glass thing that yeah. went right across the top of the water so that you'd be un- submerged because of the cover. It sounds like James Bond. It does have a little bit of a James Bond sound. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe our, one of our listeners can the, let us know. The other thing, uh, speaking of fear and not child fear, but I'll give you a good one. And it has to do with you. I mean, the first time... I visited. Sorry, the first time I visited visited you in Japan, uh, we you had still not had the family there. We were just by yourself in a beautiful, like hotel, and I went out somewhere, God knows, by myself. And then you were home that evening, and when I came home, you opened the door, and you were so flipped out. I've never seen you as flipped out as this. And I thought something immediately was like, Oh my God, like my partner is dead. Or he just wants to tell me. And he's just like, I just saw something on TV, Ed. Oh. And I cannot get it out of my mind. I'm completely flipped out by it. And I'm like, well, okay, big deal. What is it? And it's like Black Mirror. Mm. So we watched the episode yeah. again that night. We watched it together. Right. And I thought, yeah, it was pretty scary. Yeah, that was the episode, just that, to let people know what we're talking about. Yeah. The episode, I don't remember the title. I don't remember what season it was. Shut Up and Dance. Is it called Shut Up and Dance? Yeah. Oh. 
So the premise was that it was a guy who had been on his computer. Actually, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, you it can't for spoil it. Yeah. So anyway, it freaked me out. It, it was it's, just, it's well, it's well crafted. It's got really good actors. And it was only the second time of watching it with you that I got it at the end. What what actually happened? I didn't get it the first time. Yeah, I had to be me, told. Yeah, like, and I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. You have to. Mark didn't get it. You have to be told if you can't listen to the final thing that comes through the phone. Anyways, yeah, that was a scary moment. But then, like, I've watched other Black Mirror stuff and, you know, alone. And I'm like, oh, you know, some of them are good and some of them are like, oh, whatever. I want to talk about something else. Um, I don't think you believe what this is, but I want to ask you. Man smell? Oh, yeah, man smell. So, man smell is... I probably have it right now because I haven't showered yet. Well, see, this is the thing. And I, I'm pretty sure it's not just me that has noticed this sort of thing but have you have you ever smelt that smell like if you go into like a guy's apartment and maybe around his clothes there's laundry yeah there's this sort of oily smell yeah it can be yeah yeah it's like well, man smell i had my apartment pretty much shut up because i was away for a couple of days and a, a, um, a neighbor let clark in and he claimed my my home had man smell. It had a. It well, did have a stench of uh, well, definitely garbage that needed to be well, taken garbage out. Garbage to be taken out was what it was because I. Went but then through, there was man smell. Was an additional smell. Not in the bedroom. Cause yeah. I, st- I sprayed the the Febreze. So yesterday, okay, hold on. So, you, when you got into the bed, did you smell anything? Just let me explain to the listeners what's what's going on. So you kindly allowed me to bring my luggage here yesterday. Yeah. And put it into your apartment while I went out and uh, met up with some people in the city and your neighbor let me in. And uh, when I came in, I noticed a smell of, it was definitely a garbage, like, you know, everyone's done this. They have that garbage that's been sitting in there yeah. under the sink. For I also like have a an cat ex- and a cat litter can sometimes smell. Yeah. But by the way, I just got to interrupt this thing. I'm sorry. While I'm on that cat thing, if, if you're a cat owner, uh, hi, the best litter, and I'm sure you can get it delivered all over the world, is called prettylitter.com. Oh, my God. Maybe it, they'll be our first sponsor. We have, well, they should do something because they tell everybody about this. So it's Pretty this new, litter? Pretty litter, one word, dot com. What kind of, sto- like, is it stones? Or no, is it- what it is, it's like some new, it's like, um, like it's a natural thing. Does it clump? It does not clump. Okay. There's no smell. Uh, you know, like when the cat takes a crap, of course, you got to scoop it out. Mm-hmm. But when they pee, it gets sucked down. Sorry. When they pee, it gets sucked down into these like coals yes. at the bottom or which is the same thing. This is this stuff or traditional cat no, litter? pretty litter. Okay. And then once a month, you clean it. You dump it and they mail you another one. Oh. So no more carrying a 40-pound bag of litter home from the, you know, the pretty beat, litter. you know, from the quickie mart you know like i mean it's it's great and uh i love it and the other thing it does which is really interesting it has four colors that it can turn it can turn really deep yellow Mm. which means high alkaline yeah blue which is like you gotta take your cat to the vet because of alkaline Mm. or red and red is blood and it'll show you that so it can tell you if your pet it just turns the litter turns that color gets it from it that's really cool yeah and it's cheaper than um, buy, like buying regular litter. Like, I mean, hmm. you know, and I live in a small place with one cat, but, you know, she pees a lot and um, cause she likes to drink water. But what were we talking about before you brought up the cat? I had to, I had to interrupt it. Man smell. It, man smell. So because so, there's also cat smell. Yeah. But I didn't notice that. The two distinct smells was garbage. Yes. And then man smell. Yes. 
We're going over to look at your house to yes. look at what you, the, the, the tenants said there were bed bugs. Well, they they were like you know, just so people know who are not Torontonians, bed bugs in Toronto is a big problem. Oh, I thought it was all taken care of now. Well, like what? Like it used to be city? like ten years ago. It was oh a huge no, no, issue? no! This city's got a, a big problem, and it's primarily in low rent housing. Mm-hmm. Um, bed bugs have nothing to do with people being dirty. By the way, they have absolutely nothing to do. Even despite the fact of low rental housing, you say it it's seems to have, but it doesn't mean those people are dirty. That's true. You know, Fair but enough. I'm just basically saying it's been a problem. It's been a problem in this building, for example. I had them about five, six years ago. Really? You don't they want have to, to go... totally like fumigate the oh, whole place. Oh, it's awful. And there's two different ways of doing it. My friend Patrick and his first wife, yeah. they had them, but they went the whole natural path route or whatever you want to mm. call it now, which is just heat. And that's very efficient, but now they don't what, use like heat. how much heat. Oh, it's very. They they close your whole place up and they put these units in your place mm-hmm. and then they increase the temperature to your place like two hundred and fifty degrees how or that, something. Doesn't doesn't damage things? It can. Like they have plants certain things you got to and... take. Oh yeah, you got to take out all that stuff out. What about but electronics? Then, yeah, but they don't do that anymore. They okay. just do chemical. And so yeah, my tenants about much more healthy. Just spray yeah, chemicals. Well, no kidding. They, they have a young child, but they have you got to be out of the house. You got to pack the whole thing. I up. believe it. And that it's and a very they, serious issue. It's very serious this year, and it wasn't even determined by the um, the guy that it, they had it. They, he just said it's probably best just to do this for, like, um, you know, um, you know, preventative. And then, of course, naturally here, give uh, give me a bell for a grand. Bed bugs are extremely expensive. Thanks for being on the show today. You're welcome. Is there anything else you want to ask me? I don't think so. We could always oh, do another episode if you I want. Would, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, you live in Japan now. Yes. Culture shock. Your two children are being raised basically in an American school in Japan. Yes. However, they are... Do you think this is the smartest thing you've ever done for your children? Well, it's an amazing opportunity that they get. That's right. This whole experience of, of the education, of... The culture, everything, the friends yeah. that they have, the friends that we have. Yeah. It's amazing. I agree. I will say this, though. Looking at it from the outside in can sometimes look like it's it's all roses and, and oh, rock Oh, like candy. as a tourist, sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, I, you know, we keep in touch pretty much like by Facebook a lot. And, you know, you've always told me when things come up and I'm like, some of them are cultural issues. Some of them are just, but yeah. But generally, when I first heard that you were taking your two kids to Japan for potentially two years, which has turned into four, yeah. I mean, you know, I was of two minds. But then the one thing that stuck in my craw was basically Ed, the opportunity for these two kids. Like everybody, like the parents and blah blah blah. And I even remember saying to you and. Netta, who gives a shit about them? If they want, they can come and visit, just like me. This is for your children and also for Clark's professional life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just think it's amazing. Like, it's I mean, great. It's yeah. it, it just that it can look from the outside. Like, if you visit Japan yeah. and you're there for 10 days and all the cool charms of Japan, then you think, oh, wow, imagine living here. It mm. could be like this every day. I do I have found on this trip, there's a lot of things I miss about Canada. Yeah. Like, the ability to go to a baseball field and take your son and practice there. In, and I think some of this is that it's a big city, Tokyo, yeah. but almost every like park, baseball field, it's, it's like part of a school or it's something that's locked up every day and you can't just go on it and take your kid and throw the ball around. So, What about that large fan that you have? Do you take that around? Large fan? 
Yeah. Well, you have that fan. I've seen you use it. A handheld fan? Yes. No. And you fan yourself. That's not true. I have one. All right. Actually, can I say one more thing about uh, Japan? No. You can cut this all out, but... No, I'm not going to cut it out. Okay. Well, one of the things about Japan, which is amazing, if you have a chance to go, and depends on what you like. Well, it doesn't matter what you like. They've got it. And they do it better, especially food. Like, it's the best Italian and French food you'll ever have on the planet. Mm. And even the Parisians and the Italians will tell you the Japanese do it better. Yeah, they do. Well, they, they do everything better. They do they do take other things um, like food or cuisine yeah. and they they almost do notch it up one better than the original uh, not one notch it's much more than that and the yeah. second thing the Japanese do really really well is gardens and I like I'm a gardener as most people may know or may not know about me um, and I unfortunately I'm an urban gardener because I live in a condo or but I have a roof and I have a deck which is great so I Creme, but some of the some of the gardens and the plants and the growing like bonsai that I saw I just just couldn't believe it could not believe and the other thing are their museums mm. and they take good care of their public parks mm. yeah so I miss it can't wait to go back and um, my partner's been twice he's taking a year off yeah from Japan from Japan right but he's going to Paris very nice yeah because he's got well, like we've got friends in Paris Japan it's nice to go where people are because let's face it New York okay we gotta we gotta end because we got errands to run and we have stuff to, to do making dinner tonight yeah so I just want to remind everybody of our email address uh, for we talked about this it's we talked about this 99 at gmail.com okay our website is www.wetalkedaboutthis.net yeah and uh, we're also on twitter at we talked podcast so well I like the we talk that's actually something from... I wasn't telling you this I was telling the listeners oh no but I like the, the I like it unfortunately Simon is indisposed today so I'm sitting in yes I you think you've made a fine substitute. You may thank you. I think you may hear. We'll from see what me, the sir. listeners think. And if though. you want to find me, people, and share your comments, please, you're certainly yeah. welcome. I'm a public figure, so I'm easy to Google. But you're not famous. I'm not famous. I work for the Toronto Public Library, and you can find me there, or you can find me at Eat Edward Carrick, K-A-R-E-K on Facebook. Yeah. If you want to send me a message, especially. Can you repeat that again? Eek, like Edward. Yeah. K-A-R-E-K. At. On Facebook. On Facebook. And what's your email if people want to email you? Ecaric at simpatico.ca. Ecaric at simpatico.ca. S-Y-M-P-A-T-I-C-O. C-A. Wait, simpatico.ca. Yes, correct. Ecaric. Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. So why are your lips still flapping? All right, get out of here. You're done.